0: Oh, she
1: recorded live.
0: Scuba Obsessed is weekly podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving, from cool new gear,
1: places to dive,
0: and scuba in the news. Obsessed episode 150 was recorded live February 14th, 2013. I'm Darren Gilson and it is Valentine's Day, so we appreciate you taking time to listen to it. Most likely you're probably picking this up on recording, which is okay. Not as much fun as in being in the chat room, but it's still okay. We got some new people joining us this week in the chat room. We appreciate it. But before we get on to that, I'd like to welcome my co-host for this week. We have Jim Schultz. How are you doing today, Jim?
2: I'm um, great as always. How are you, Darren?
0: Excellent. I'm doing good. It's you know not not too bad. The weather's been been breaking. Yeah, you know, I can live with this. It beats
2: 10 below. It sure could be. I've I noticed in my drive to and from work this week that the cherry trees are starting to get some red in them again. Yeah. Little color starting to creep back into the trees. Yeah. And there was a uh, article on the news tonight that they're starting to drill and tap the sugar maples. Ah. So the sap is flowing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the sap is flowing. So it it does. We are getting to that time of the year where you get the maple syrup going i know in the east coast that they haven't had much of a maple syrup season this last year so uh, that that's good to get it going I, I hope we don't end up what we had last year in in our neck of the woods which is the fruit trees came out so soon that it killed everything off i don't i don't think i had really much of anything i think i had one peach on my peach trees and uh pears weren't too bad uh but everything else is pretty much dead. The
2: the apple trees around me were just acres and acres of of lots of leaves and not a single bit of fruit.
0: Yeah. Well, what that's telling me is if we don't have them freeze off here this spring, that we're going to have a great harvest at the end of the year. It always seems to be that way when you have a year where you don't have fruit. The next year is just gigantic.
2: Well, I'm sure the farmers would appreciate it because there were a lot of them who had very little income last year.
0: Yeah. So let's go ahead and uh, once again, like to thank everybody who's joining us on Valentine's day. And um, hopefully most of you have uh, a loved one that you would like to be spending time with. And we appreciate you taking a little bit of time away from them to, to be with us. Uh, We'll get right through the news and uh, hopefully we we can put a Valentine's angle on this Um, first article up, which Jim has already pasted in the chat room for you. Is underwater mining we've talked about this several times before about some of the potential of underwater mining, and this article goes into some depth um, I, I can't it's it's from the Wealth Daily, so i don't know what their angle is if they are uh, it says gold outlooks. So I have an idea they might be a company that sells gold products, but they go into some depth on uh, on the gold mining thinking that it's going to be a great potential underwater they say if gold remains at the prices it's been that you're going to see. Organizations spend the money. There are a couple quotes they had. They said uh, National Geographic was quoted as the deposits are aren't too hard to find. They're spread in seams spread along the seafloor where natural hydrothermal vents eject concentration material and minerals. These underwater geysers spit out fluids with temperatures exceeding six hundred degrees Celsius, and those fluids hit the icy seawater minerals precipitate out, following the ocean floor. Deposits can yield as much as ten times the desirable material as a seam that is mined on land. So they're indicating that uh, that there's tons of material down there. Now, what make, what I, I kind of wonder is at the depths. They don't say here, but we've got to be talking thousands of feet down, uh, if not more. I mean, some of these trenches are going to be in the middle of the ocean where the tectonic plates are pulling apart. So if you're mining there, that's a lot of distance to get uh, minerals up. So if you're not down there processing, I wonder how they're going to get them up. Are they going to have to come up with some way of lifting it? Do you drop down compressed air and lift bags and float them up? Gosh, imagine what happens to a lift bag. So you're at that depth. Gosh, we, we should almost do the calculation of what air pressure you'd have to have to even get it
2: out of a tank. I wouldn't want to think about it in the super depths.
0: I'm sorry, Jim. I but it
2: makes sense that uh, the minerals would be there. Eventually, someone will find a way to Mind them, I've been doing some watching of Bering Sea Gold, which is, ah, yeah. doesn't seem like they're, they've been diving very deep in doing that. Um, but
0: uh, yeah, They feel like they're only about 30 feet down, don't
2: they? It looks like it. And all of a sudden, I lost her audio. Can you hear me now? Might have been me. I don't know. Chat room, do you guys hear any difference in the audio? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. It's oh, just, okay. I don't know if it was me or you, but it, uh, you're only about half as loud as you were before.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes it takes us a little bit for Skype to to get going. Yeah. somebody's yeah. saying vacuum echo.
2: Uh, different loudness.
0: Okay. And then there's a. Let's see what else is there. there's there's another quote. Uh, let's see. With the different vent systems containing varying concentrations of the precious metal, the deep sea contains enough mineable gold that there's nine pounds, four kilograms for every person on Earth. And this is according to NOAA, National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration. And they said at today's gold prices, the volume is worth $150 trillion. But I'm thinking if you actually had that much gold, it wouldn't be worth that much.
2: It probably wouldn't be worth that much, yeah. Yeah.
0: At that point, it's kind of like aluminum. You know, at one point in time, aluminum was worth more than gold and uh,
2: not
0: not so much anymore. But in, the, in between the time where it's worth what it is now and it's worth the same as aluminum, it will... That'll be good. Uh, so there's a couple of companies out there that are doing it now. Uh, I, I just love the, the, just the idea. There's just something about it. You know, a mixture of exploration and money and discovery just all wrapped in one. <laughs> yeah. The chat room's talking about, let's get some money together for undersea mineral rights. That would be great. Uh, some, some of the mining companies have actually negotiated for undersea mineral rights and, as they get going on the projects, the governments who who have them are are trying to renegotiate. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. So how are you doing today, Mac?
1: Well, I've been having a freaking computer.
0: <laughs> so you had you were having some of the same problem I was before the show.
1: Uh, well, I think Uncle Sam's been stooping in my computer and left me some presents.
0: Oh, Uncle Sam
2: did, huh?
1: Uncle Sam. Well, who can tell? <laughs>
2: Oh, that's I don't good. think
1: they like my politics.
2: <laughs> well, they called me for a survey today.
1: Uncle Sam did?
2: Well, somebody from Washington did.
1: Well, let's see what they're doing is they're just
0: trying to keep you on the phone long enough for the drones to get targeted.
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, I do notice when I'm when I'm flying, there's always something in my background. I, every time I turn, though, it moves. <laughs> so I can't me. <laughs>
0: it's like you've got a shadow. That spot just behind mm. where you can see.
1: Yeah, I just you know how you feel it Think it glimpses out,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you they're, they're getting help from the got aliens. I've your, so your sticks, Mac, but uh, the way you want them to?
1: Put me a rear, rear view mirror out.
0: Well, Mac, we just went. Did you have any comments on the first article that we just completed, which was the underwater mining?
1: Oh, So you guys have already been out? Well,
0: yeah, we, 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 we got to underwater mining and... Uh, then uh, Jim lost his internet, so that's we're okay, Daredevil. Yep. So now we're on to Daredevil plunging, and I have no idea. Oh, crud. Yeah. These websites, I swear. I, I, what I want to do is I want to have a blacklist where I can blacklist websites so I don't ever have to go to them again accidentally. Okay.
1: Well, that's breath hold again. Yeah. Well, the 67-year-old guy is going down to 91 feet. That's pretty
0: damn good. Yeah, that's what they were saying, is, is uh, that he was out, out swimming the younger guys who had tanks.
1: Man.
0: Yeah. So uh, what this article is, is uh, Daredevil Diving Plunges Deep for Thrills. This one's from a CBSlocal.com out of Miami. Uh, says we were talking about 91 feet right now, he says, and that 67-year-old starling pushing his limits underwater. He's been spearfishing longer than they are old. Uh he said he's, he's hard to miss between his hair and all that noise. I, I don't understand what they're saying there. They said, I've never met someone who makes as much noise underwater as Carl does. I saw
1: that, and I couldn't figure that out either.
0: Well, yeah, because when I first heard it, I thought he was, ta- he was talking about the the scuba diver, you know, kind of like how Bob does with his rebreather. He's always calling us the noisy ones. Uh, but he's, he does some talking about uh, free diving, talking about how they go past the point when the brain is telling them to breathe and they yeah. get that pain.
1: A warm blackout.
0: Yeah, said so with the free dive masters are spending minutes and not seconds diving 20 to even 100 feet below the surface in just one breath of air.
1: Ah, uh, the noise means they're talking about too many bubbles from the guy with the scuba gear.
0: Uh, that's that's what I thought originally. Yeah.
1: Well, I tell you, I think the exciting thing I noticed on a there was it was quiet. It was freaking amazing to be down there, and it's like suddenly you realize you're noisy otherwise.
0: Yeah, because. Uh, because we get conditioned. Because I think when I first started scuba diving, that was one thing you noticed was kind of how noisy it was. You know, the diaphragm clicking and making noise and the bubbles going up and the sound of your breath. Yeah,
2: all you hear is your own breathing.
1: Well, I think it's selective breathing. Um, we just don't hear it now. when We're doing up items and that has been there so we sort of put it in the background.
0: Yeah, we we get used to it.
1: But it is funny, don't listen to your own, but if you get down there with a new guy that was breathing like a big dog, you'll notice it. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: That's kind of like in the Cooper River, because you know, you, you're you're essentially by yourself for much of the dive, and then you start hearing breathing, and you know somebody's around you.
1: Yeah, I know to, buddy. <laughs>
0: well, you're, I'm expecting somebody to do the uh, alligator clamp on the back of my leg. Okay, well, that was an interesting article. Yeah, someone's
1: going to get it on mine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, next one talks about dive flags. So, this one was out of Australia, and what they're recommending down there is they said that dive flags are being recommended for snorkelers. It's a requirement if your boat is doing is it has scuba divers or hookah divers, but they don't have requirement for snorkeling. So, they're recommending it cuz many uh boats with snorkels don't fly the dive flag.
1: I would think you'd want to have something up there. I, don't I would, too. Be, I don't think you'd want to have your crate and your uh, inner tube. That's too much of a drag. But uh, a float one would be fine and, and smart.
0: Well, a, a float one, What my thought is if you're diving from a boat, fly one in a boat like a scuba diver. And then maybe you do a tagline with a float. Because a snorkeler's not going to go that far from the boat, I wouldn't think.
1: Not really. I mean cuz normally snorkelers are not going to be that familiar with the sea life and they see something with a fin and they <laughs> get a little anxious <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> so down there they're they're in, probably getting towards the end of their their dive season and we look like we're getting ready to start ours here pretty soon
1: oh man I'm looking forward to that
0: yeah I'm I'm in I'm in serious withdrawals
2: you and me both
1: well, we should have an opportunity. We got the dive meeting next Tuesday, and maybe we can talk about doing a either a redite or an ice dive that following uh, last year or February.
0: Yeah, that's that'd be a good opportunity. Because when's the uh, seahorses show?
1: Uh, I put that in the newsletter, and I just can't think of it right offhand. It's in a week or two. Uh, March second. Oh, yeah.
0: is it March second? Really?
1: Yeah, because our world is this weekend.
0: Oh gosh, it's like. Like somebody scheduled these on the the weekends, I can't go. It's March second. Oh, I've got. What's that Mac? I
1: was gonna say, stop pushing your schedule. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, yeah, because I've got i uh, I've got scout stuff on the second. But your next year, I
1: mean, this weekend, right?
0: Well, yeah. My, my daughter's doing swimming, and the the thing for the scouts isn't even for my son. It's uh, I'm one of the few people who's got a setup for doing the timing for the Cub Scouts Pinewood Derby. So I've done that for the last two or three years, much longer than I I should have continued. So I told them this is my last year.
1: Well, you're you're not being able to go to our world just helps us out a little bit because the more people who don't go, we're going to be able to go there and say, you should have gone They had well, Oh, not. yeah. And you're going to just, you
0: know, gnaw and mash your feet. And- did, did you see the mermaid uh, outfit malfunction? Yeah, I can hear all of it now. Yeah, so... Gosh, and I wanted to March 2nd, Great Lakes Shipwreck. And that's just one day, isn't it? Yep. yep. Oh, yeah, there's just no way I can do that. I mean, there's, I couldn't even get my event done and head over there, I don't think. Yeah. What, what time does it start? Maybe I'm, I'm, yeah, I'll am i talk to you guys out, offline on that. Maybe I'll try and figure out some way. <laughs> get it going and book out. Okay, Um Next one is, a cr- cruise ships aren't, they not good, been a good 12 months for cruise ships.
1: No, it hasn't.
0: So, they, it's coming to an end, so by the time we're doing the show right now, they should be in Mobile, Alabama.
2: Oh, uh, last update was, they probably weren't going to get in until sometime around midnight.
0: Oh, geez. So, they were they were talking in the afternoon. The wind must be picking up or something to slow them down. Yeah, they
2: broke a tow line. Oh, and then because they haven't used the port of Mobile for cruise ships and over here they've got a reconceal and they've never had a cruise ship this large come into it. So they said it could, you know, lined up and square it away and tie it up to the dock before they can ever be.
0: Yeah, so what they're saying is that so it's an eight hundred and ninety three foot ship. They had an engine room fire in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico, they had 4,200 passengers and crew members on. Uh, they were planning on going to Mexico, but the wind kicked up and blew them north, so they decided mm-hmm. to go to Mobile. Okay, and I see here, yeah, they talk about that uh, the tow line snapped bringing the vessel to a dead stop when it was getting close to port. Ship expected to right around midnight, 14-story ship. Uh, negotiate tricky, shallow shipping channel before docking. The channel narrows to four. 100 feet inside Mobile, and the ship is about 115 feet wide. It's traveling about 5 p.m. Oh, five, not 5 p.m. Five miles per hour. Uh, Said it would take passengers up to five hours to get off the ship. You know, I'm thinking when they pull up, I'm just jumping over the side. It'll be
1: interesting to see how the uh, make that a little more equitable for them. Well,
0: yeah, you saw what they're doing. The mayor of Mobile was upset because they were bus they're gonna bus them for two hours to New Orleans instead of putting them up in hotels there. So yeah, who who knows? I mean they're they're trying to be cheap, but at this point, you know, it's your reputation, uh being on a cruise ship is supposed to be a luxury. And if you treat everybody like cattle, yeah, this cannot be helping. Yeah. The well, company just the, the company
1: didn't work work for three and a half days. That and itself for night.
0: Yeah. Well, and the, and the thing, that, and I saw some posts on this from other people, is what about redundancy? Why are they at a situation where, you know, one engine having a problem essentially takes out the whole ship? Can't they have, like, multiple engine rooms or multiple generators where, you know, maybe you can't run at full power? I mean, even, even our dive boats, you know, some of them have two outboards.
2: Yeah, Most just... of the ships do have multiple en- single engine rooms. And depending on the fire, um, you know what it did, what it burned, what it took out because it you know the generators may be able to run, uh, but if they lost the main control circuitry or the distribution systems, yeah, it's it did, hard to say.
0: yeah, it does appear to be something control related. They mentioned that they had replaced an alternator on the engine and it had passed a testing, and they delayed leaving the port by a couple hours to begin with. so, that, does, that could be what's going on. Uh, still, it seems like there could be a little bit of redundancy. And then uh, the, the, I, I like the, the arguments that have been going out. Somebody will say something like, we don't have any working bathrooms, and the company disputed it and said, no, we have four working bathrooms. <laughs> How many thousand? <laughs> 4,200 people with four working bathrooms. So that's <laughs> Well, I can tell you, if you've got four working bathrooms of that many people, you don't have four working bathrooms for long. No, you don't. <laughs> and then I wonder what they're calling working bathrooms. Does it mean if you can close the door to the bathroom that's working? Or
2: Well, they did give them the nice red biohazard bags to use. Oh.
1: Well, in spite of all that, do you think getting a full refund, discounts on future cruises, and an additional 500 in compensation is enough?
0: I think you should get two full cruises and all expenses paid. Plus 500 bucks. That would do it for me.
1: I would say at the least a a full all expense cruise. Period.
2: Well, I because you, not, ruined, well, you they, ruined they ruined that a one. full all expense cruise on this one. If yeah, they're so getting it, the full refund, they got this whole cruise for nothing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to have fun on that one?
0: Yeah. So what <laughs> I think you need to do is you need to get something that like erases your mind from this one. Like you know maybe they needed like a case of alcohol, or what's that drug they give you for dentists where that's a uh, Forget drug
1: <laughs> or date day rate drugs.
0: Uh, it's a little different one than what I was yeah, thinking okay. of, but in the spirit of Valentine's Day, of course. Uh, yep. Uh, one of the quotes is today they clean the ship. They're serving better food. They covered covering up basically. At least they're making it a little bit more bearable. And she boarded the Triumph as part of her bachelorette party. Well, they're going to remember that one.
1: <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs>
0: they're
1: going to curse the woman getting married.
0: Another cruise line dropped off hamburgers and chicken sandwiches. The (laughs) line for the fare was nearly four hours long. Uh, I bet it
1: was cold. I haven't got to the end of the line.
0: Let's see. Somebody said this is going to be a long day. There's no way they can speed up the process. I can't imagine being in the ship at this moment, then getting on a bus. She says, if I hit land in Mobile, you'd have a hard time getting me on a bus. (laughs) Uh, The cruise line, Carnival spokesman, said that they have been keeping families updated and established a toll-free number for friends and relatives. They said about 200 Carnival employees were in Mobile waiting to assist passengers upon their arrival. So the the cruise line has canceled a dozen planned voyages. It's like every time they write a new article, they've doubled it. It was two, then four, now it's a dozen. I'm thinking what they're going to need to do is just take this ship in, uh, rename it, (laughs) and repaint it. Yeah, because you're not going to get anybody to the book on the triumph because they they talked about that the ship had had a history of trouble. Well, Let's see this next one. Uh, the ship woes. I had a hard time viewing this on my phone, so we'll see what we get lucky with. I think this should be some photos. See, so all of them look.
2: I think they should. Be, I think they should donate it to SWMUP and
0: make a reef out of it.
2: Yeah. Artificial reef out of it. Now, how tall
0: is how tall is one of these?
2: Look at the picture and see how many decks there are.
0: Yeah, because I'm I'm looking. You've got, gosh, one, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, that's six above the rail, the main rail, and that doesn't even look to be. Because I'm thinking, if you went out to where the Ironsides is, you know, a couple miles out, or say Ann Arbor five, 160 feet, this would still be out of the water.
1: (laughs) You would think so, wouldn't
0: you? Yeah, just looking at that. <coughs>
1: they would have to knock that tent off. Yeah.
0: Or that'd be a nice thing to tie to. <laughs> you
1: could spend all your time on the whole flat deck, go swimming in the pool up there. Uh,
0: that, that would be nice. Wouldn't that be awesome?
2: I think it's probably, what, about 140 feet above the waterline?
1: Yeah. Can you figure out how many guys are going to die going in the staterooms?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's Darwin at work. Yeah, and then the back of the slideshow has some of the Concordia. You know, somebody needs to do a spoof video of marketing just based on all these disasters they've had. <laughs> we could start with Achille laurel
1: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and work our way through.
1: That's like the next one you have We have cruise ship woes.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm looking at now. Is that the
1: same thing? Did you read the comments from some of the people? No. <laughs> that's what I've been looking at. <laughs> You think some of those people might learn not going to go on a carnival cruise because that's what they're talking about. Well, I'd like to have the money of this guy. He, he was just out in January on one. They had the same engine problem sailing in January out of Puerto Rico. No fire. And then he went on to talk about it. And then he's talking about the next one he had was, uh, had a problem with their security policies. He says, no matter what happens, they will say they have no control over the behavior of the passengers. So if you got a route always, they don't have any control over them. Not to mention, they were talking about drugs and pot. Uh-huh. Always like to hear their comments.
0: Yeah, well, I think they've got a little PR stuff. So hopefully, you don't have stock in uh, Carnival because I don't, I don't think it's doing too well right now. And then that leads us into article that Jim put us on. Very detailed article. Yes, I saw that one. The Incredible Truth About a Ship That Should Have Never Sailed. This is about the bounty, which during Hurricane Sandy, uh, we watched it sink on TV. Uh, They end up rescuing 14 survivors, but couldn't save the captain and one of his crew. The huge question lingers, uh, what were they doing? (laughs) So we talked a little bit about this before the show, but uh, just some of the the, the depth they go into. You're going to want to look up the show notes. Go to scubaobsessed.com. And look at the show notes, and thanks again for tweeting, for keeping those up to date for us. But like like some of the stuff they're talking about, it couldn't pass inspection as a passenger vessel. So it was essentially going to different ports, and you could walk on it while it was at port, and then you could become a crew member and sail on it. What they were saying at one point, they estimated that it was leaking. Let's see if I want to find that section.
2: 3,000 gallons an hour?
0: No, no. It says, before he bought the Coast Guard inspectors estimated it was taking 20 to 40 gallons of water a minute. Its brokers say it was more like 30,000 gallons an
2: hour. Oh, 30,000.
0: Enough to fill an Olympic-sized swimming pool every day. When the bilge pumps failed in September 2011, it took the entire Fall River Fire Department under the supervision of the Coast Guard to save the ship.
2: And that was a dock,
0: right? Yeah, that was that dock. Uh, and they it said it's taken three overhauls. None of them, none of them, been uh, substantial enough to receive the Coast Guard classification as a passenger vessel. So th- they pretty much have just been patching it. And and they say what it comes down to is that these these ships. It was the, the kind of the history behind it was it was built for which movie was it? The one with uh, there was Mutiny on the Bay. Bounty,
1: Captain Bounty.
0: Yeah, no. Mutiny on the Bounty, built in 1960. For the Marlon Brando version.
2: Yep. And the plan was to destroy it at the end of the movie. So yeah. you don't think they, you know, they probably built it just...
0: Uh, well, it's a set.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was a set. Exactly. It was a floating set that was going to be destroyed, not a ship that was going to be around for 50 years.
0: Yeah, because you could think about, you know, did when they're making the construction, and, and they probably deliberately didn't want it, but the the legend goes that Brando threatened to walk off if they burned it. So they saved it and used it as a uh, like a promotion for the movie. It went around the ports, and then they said that just the the there's like a clam, uh, shellless clam that burrows in the wood and eats it. And they said that that that's, you just don't have that many years after f- four decades. They're very hard to maintain.
1: I blew up the picture of the uh, ship itself, the Bounty. That is a cool looking ship, and I was looking at it from the aspect if you're diving it, like where are the rails for the uh, dead eyes and the double rigging. Very good examples. Looking at that picture of that
2: one, it was a beautiful ship.
1: Yes.
0: Oh, they, yeah. I mean, they definitely made it. They did. What they did is they. Now, was it really an exact copy of the Bounty, or was it more of a? This is kind of the best of all looking features of a ship at that time
2: for the cinema. I, I think it was some uh, some liberties were taken with it. Plus, it would have had to have met Coast Guard requirement at the time. So I'm sure some liberties were taken. But if you think about it, uh, it had open gun decks below the main deck. Uh-huh. Uh, and so, you know, you've got those wide open spaces that were used for crew quarters, you know, and, and gun deck. Right. And there may have even been a a second gun deck below that. So, so you know, just it, it w- the...
0: In the interior of the vessel had to have been neat to see I don't think I've ever been on this one i've I've been to mystic seaport and been on a lot of those vessels so well
2: I'll make a plug for the Constitution if you've never been to Boston and gone through the Constitution it is well worth the trip just to,
1: yeah, and just I to see that
2: country. beautiful vessel and and the heritage of our company the country that's being preserved. If
0: I was on that, and I, I probably have been, I would have been less than 10. So I don't remember. I do remember going to Boston and walking, uh, what they call that, the... Uh, Freedom Trail? Freedom Trail, yeah. And some of that Freedom Trail didn't go to the best parts of the neighborhood. I'm sure that uh, Boston didn't have those type of slums back <laughs> in the day. And hey, this a... is 70s when I went through it.
2: Well, I'll give a, a free plug to... Uh... The No Name Restaurant, it's on the Fishing Pier in Boston, and one of the best, probably the best seafood restaurant I have ever eaten in. Wow.
0: I love seafood.
2: Well, you will not be disappointed if you go to the No Name Hmm. on the Fishing Pier in Boston.
0: I'll have to look that up. i am getting to Boston.
2: So if anybody goes there, tell them that uh, you heard on Scuba Obsessed and they should contact Darren for sponsorship.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll take sponsorship, so go the no-name.
1: You know, you were asking about the sizing of it. Yeah. According to the data for it, it was built to the original ship's drawings from files in the British Admiralty Archives and in the traditional manner at the Smith and Rutland Shipyard in Nova Scotia. To assist in filmmaking, her weight was increased from 86 feet to 120 and the beam was also increased, and rigging was scaled up to match the increase in size.
0: So that was probably so they could get cameras in the spots.
1: That's what it said. Filmmaking and carry production staff. I didn't realize that Ted Turner owned it. Yeah, he bought it. 1993. Ted Turner donated it yeah, to Fall River he, Chamber Foundation.
2: Yeah, he, he bought it without realizing it.
0: Oh, did it come with the with the film stock? It came with the film stock. Yep. Wow. That would be a surprise. You go and you buy all these films, and all of a sudden somebody gives you an invoice for, yeah, here's the build charge for the <laughs> ship.
1: Yeah, I sent you the information on that, by the way. You saw that?
0: Uh, let me take a look. On the site. Oh, wow. That is that is an excellent link. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I can get lost in that for a while.
1: That was a beautiful ship. Yeah. And nice I second, you get to Baltimore, you need to go on that boat out there.
0: You know, I, I do need to do an East Coast tour and do all that stuff. problem is every time I get to the East Coast, it's always working, and I never get a chance to do that.
1: Yeah, because you've got what? two. You've got the Constellation, and you got the um, Constitution.
0: Yeah, well, I, I'd like to get into Philadelphia and see the Olympia as well.
2: Yeah, that's a neat one. Yeah, that that well, one well, they're they trying to
0: raise money for.
2: That was Dewey's flagship, yep. Yeah,
0: the last example of that and. There's been a battle going on. The museum, who's taking care of it, wanted to get rid of it. They're, they're, now the talk is not so much are trying to get rid of it, because I think they, they didn't like the bad PR. But, yeah, it's still in pretty sad shape. I guess it's resting on the bottom, and the hull's in really bad shape. And we could, we could probably fire it up again if we could find a big enough pile of coal. <laughs> well, that, that's an interesting article, so we'll have that in the show notes. Make sure you stop by and pick those up.
2: One of the unique characteristics of the penalty is the bay windows on the stern at the side in the captain's cabin. You could actually sit in the cabin and look out and look forward uh, of the ship. So the captain had nearly a 360-degree view all around his ship while staying in his cabin if he went from one side to the, to the other because they were forward-facing windows.
0: That does look very cool. So that was kind of had to be the signature vessel of its day.
2: Oh I'm sure it was. And that was not a first-line ship. I mean, that was a smaller, um, more of an outlying ship than a, you know, a bruiser, a knockdown, fight it out. Right. It would be more like a cruiser compared to a a uh, battleship.
0: Yeah, something, something that needs to get a little speed and yep. not go little ahead.
2: A a lot of firepower, but not a big knockdown, drag-out battleship.
0: Well... This next article is a, is a, let's see, who has it? This is, I, I picked it up from the BBC, but it's all over the Internet, so there's a chance you may have seen this. And they're talking about sea slugs, and they said that they're able to detach and regrow and then reuse its penis. Is
1: that the bobbit slug?
0: No, this one's different. It's uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of does have that idea. This is uh, <laughs> Japanese researchers observed the slug's bizarre mating behavior and it's the Chromodorius rectilia. It's found in the Pacific Ocean. They believe that's the first creature known to repeatedly copulate with what they describe as a disposable penis. They said I the never sex
1: it Disposable. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean, there's many of us who've thought we've we've kind of had one. Uh, they said the sex life of the sea slug is complicated even before the attachable organ comes into play. Of all these creatures, were also known as nudibranches. They, have, uh, they are known to be simultaneously hephrodites. This means they have both male and female sexual organs, can use them both at the same time. That Bernard be Pitchton, curator of the Marine Invertebrates of the National Marine of Northern Ireland, explained the genital apparatus is on the right hand side of the body, so two nudibranches come together, one faces one way, one faces the other, and the right hand side of their bodies are touching. The penis from the first one fits in the female opening of the other, and the penis from the other one fits in the female opening of the first one. You see what I mean? It sounds kind of like a trailer hitch adapter. (laughs) And they're both uh, fertilizing each other. They, uh, They hadn't seen anything like this before. The Japanese team observed sea slugs that they had conducted in shallow coral reefs around Japan. They saw the animals mate 31 times. Good for them. The act took between a few seconds and a few minutes, and after the creature would push away and shed their penises, leaving them on the floor of the tank. Researchers were surprised that just 24 hours later, sea slugs had regenerated. The male organs were able to mate again. They said on closer examination, the male's anatomy revealed that sea slugs had a large part of their penis that had coiled up inside their bodies and then would be able to replenish the missing part. So it's, it's almost like those uh safety knives you have where they you know you kind of use it and then you break the tip off when it gets dull.
2: That's one way of looking at it.
1: Yeah. I wonder if they're looking for the cloning gene from one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could do a little
0: bit of gene splicing.
1: Well, I never can tell how valuable that could be.
0: Well, they they had the movie The Fly. Maybe they could have the movie The Slug, you know, where somebody goes through some apparatus and gets genetically mutated with this. It's not clear once the internal penis is used up after all these attempts with the animal's sex life, at least the male part of it was effectively over, or if a few months or weeks later the organ could regrow. It says sea slugs are not the only animals who abandon their penises.
1: I can say it now. we're gonna be getting deluded with spam for looking for the uh, uh you know for a new kind of vitamin from the slug family,
0: yeah, yeah, get some sea slug,
1: a new aphrodisiac or something.
0: Now you're going to get comments like you're hung like a slug? (laughs)
1: Uh, I was wondering how you were going to handle that one. But you did put it there in honor of Valentine's Day. That's that's a good intro, sort of.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's appropriate. a good topic. Of course, we just changed our show rating. (coughs) So you now have to sign a waiver and say that you're over 18, but oh well.
2: Hey, you didn't use any of the seven spanned words.
0: No, I didn't. It was all scientific. It's on the BBC. I should have done it with a British accent. That would have been much better. That would make things fine. Okay, I'm I'm afraid can I click on these links, Mac? <laughs>
1: I don't know. I haven't clicked on any. <laughs>
0: oh. Uh,
2: I'm not gonna do it with my computer. Okay. Hey Darren. Yep. Test them out at work. Yeah. <laughs> click on those. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well that does it for the news portion. What we're gonna do is we're gonna go and look at I don't even know if i call this potentially cool scuba gear. It looks more like uh, pajamas, doesn't it?
1: Well, I've seen things like that in skydiving, but I can't believe when you try to use a dolphin kick or whatever, that's going to be freaking hard with that much resistance.
0: Well, the, the photo is it's an aqualung wetsuit. And if you've ever seen a flying squirrel, that's essentially what it looks like. It looks like they just webbed it. Like, or, like if you've ever taken a laminator and shrunk wrap a fly in it, that's a little what the image looks
2: like. No, I've never done that. Have you?
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. You, you do flies, paper clips. That's what you do whenever you first get a laminator. You know, 3,000 years from now, when somebody's digging through the landfill or we threw that stuff away, they're going to see this fly. And, you know, maybe by that time, flies are gone and they'll have to genetically engineer it.
1: Did he take the wings off first?
0: No, no, he, they they're just on.
1: <laughs>
0: so this wetsuit—I don't even know if I call a wetsuit. It just it just looks bizarre. Um, it said it's the, the promise is that you can it'll let you fly underwater. The idea is that the winged wetsuit lets you glide effortlessly, like a fish. And they even give a little tiny video, which I haven't viewed yet.
2: It's about I think two. I'd want to be able to get my hands. Over my head.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'm taking it that they're that this is for free diving. I mean, how could you like? That's probably not the only way I'd
2: dive it if they gave it to me for free.
0: Well, I mean, think about all the free publicity they're getting, though. You know, probably part of their R and D department. Okay. So there's the video. They showed the guy jumping in the water.
1: Take a look at the wingsuit I just shipped. Looks a heck of a lot I'll,
0: just like that. Yeah, let me take a look at that. Yeah, in, in the video, they it just doesn't seem... I think they're they they they're not showing you the parts where he's trying to motivate.
1: Right, that's what they said.
0: Yeah, it's just they're showing the gliding portions, which make it look effortless.
1: Yeah, they don't show him the deal since it's more interest in selling the whole gliding kind of... So I wonder what that would do when St. Clair or no Oh, yeah. That's the, the Blue River.
0: Yeah, now that wingsuit, I mean, that kind of makes sense.
1: But doesn't it look the same?
0: Yeah, it looks very similar.
1: Yeah.
0: In fact, the logo even looks pretty similar, even though it's not lungs. See, me, what would happen in that is that the pants would fill up with air and they'd go floating off.
1: Well, if one of you guys want to get that, I will watch you maybe get a GoPro down there and we'll take a picture. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, Aqualung Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll sh- send one to us. We'll, we'll do a video. We'll show you what it looks like in Michigan.
2: Well, well, can the way I'll dive it is, is if they send it to me free. Yeah,
1: we could do that. Tie you behind. And then I'll give an honest feedback oh, you. on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So send us one. Okay. And then speaking of uh, effortless movement, <laughs> take click on the vet dive video that we have this week. Uh, we have that one on divevideos.skubaobsessed. .com. Diver goes for the ride of his life. It's only, I think it's about 12, 13 seconds long. So you want to Here take in a... Audio. Pardon me?
1: In the audio? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: Well,
1: that would suck. <laughs> it
0: does. It looks like it does. And I've watched it three or four times thinking, is it possible that it was edited? You know, like somebody who played a game and reversed it. And if you look at the bubbles, that is not reversed. No. That, that was a diver. He was in... Uh, Maui, the area is called uh, Naka'ili Point. I'm sure I didn't pronounce it right. But he is, it shows him swimming forward, and then he's not swimming forward anymore. And it's not he just goes back a few feet. He goes back. Uh, way back. Yeah. Yep. So it was just the way they say the formation was. Somebody called it a riptide, but that is beyond a riptide to me.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So it just gives you an idea that Mother Nature has a little bit of power.
1: As a side note, I was watching, I don't remember what beach it was. It was in California. And in this area, it's a cold, and it is normally a really nice place to go diving. They had some wave surges come through there, and they had 100 rescues in one hour. I believe it. And, and it, it had pictures of it, and it's like, I don't know why those people did not drown. Because each lifeguard was trying to give out two at a time of people. They had the float and stuff, and they're almost getting smashed on the rocks and they had some big seals that were playing in the same area, and they were really just getting beat up by the surf. That's what they were reminded of. That's awesome picture, though.
0: Yeah, just a short little video. You've got time to go look at it. Please pull it up and take a look.
1: When that closes down, you know, you got all those little pictures on that same site. hmm Did you notice the one on the right in the middle, the original under the ice? That's cool and
0: are you, are you talking about on the dive video site?
1: On the same one you were just looking at, when it finishes playing, you finally, like, get 12 pictures.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, it shows you, like, little thumbnails.
1: Right, the middle one to the right is that one that's on the water, under the ice, and you would swear the guys on the bottom. Have you, You've seen that one before I think it was on the, on the cast. Yeah. That is freaking awesome, though.
0: Yeah, I love that one. That, that's what I was hoping that we could do a version of it this year.
1: I heard Singer had eight inches of ice. Really? Yeah. How much honeycomb, I don't know.
0: But that's enough. Huh?
1: Those guys are good.
0: Okay. Well, I guess we've gotten to that point of the show. Did anybody get any diving in? Now, Jim, you had talked about you were going to help on some ice rescues.
2: Well, they didn't do the training, so I didn't get wet.
0: Oh, that's bad. I drove over water <laughs> on bridges, looking down, saying, hey, there, there might be some ice there.
1: I flew over it trying to take pictures of them, but they weren't there.
0: It wasn't there? There wasn't any ice?
1: Well, oh, no, plenty of ice, no people.
0: Oh. Is that what you're doing? You're looking for people on the ice to see if it's uh, good for diving?
1: Well, I was looking for snowmobile tracks and uh, ice fishermen, and I was really surprised by the lack of either.
0: Yeah, because ice fishermen usually, I mean, they're, they're two inches, they're on it.
1: I know, and that's what surprised me. There was nothing in Pawpaw. There was nothing a little pawpaw and nothing a magician, which surprised
0: me. I was just telling you that it was an inch and a half. (laughs) Or anybody who had been on the ice had already fallen through. Yeah. It just didn't seem like we should have ice because we've had too much above freezing during the day. And we just haven't had the ice. Now, I understand uh, from following on Facebook that Rich got an ice dive in. Really? Yeah.
1: Okay, which Rich?
0: Uh, Sinewick. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, you mean the one up? Yeah I'm, not sure.
0: yeah, I'm not sure. I'm picturing that he went up north.
1: Oh, because I saw some, and I thought it was rich, out of a quarry. They had some really nice shots underwater. The base that outstanding. Yeah.
0: yeah think, if you want to know why we dive this time of year, you just got to see some of these photos, just how clear it is. Yeah. And the earlier you get diving, the better visibility you get to enjoy, at least up here in the north. Okay, well, with that, we've got the... Our World Underwater coming up this weekend, so do, do we have a good contingency going?
1: Uh, a lot of people suddenly got other items, but I believe uh, Bob will be going up with the gentleman, the new diver that's been diving with him, and I'm going to pick up Gay and in uh, Michigan City, weather permitting, and we're going to go. That's the only people I know so far.
2: Well, tell Ralph I said hi, and I'll catch up to him when he gets uh, in South Haven.
1: Okay. If I see him, I will say so. I take it, then you may not going again yourself.
2: No, I have other plans.
1: Okay. Now,
0: how, how are you going? Are you going by train or car?
1: Uh, I'm going to drive over to Michigan City, and then we're going to drive, pick up his girlfriend, and we're going to go. Okay. Then we've got side stops over at Bass Pro Shop and at Cabela's.
0: <laughs> of course.
1: And and a uh, barbecue ribs place to stop on the way when we get hungry.
0: Wow. Sounds really good.
1: If it does, now if I can only find those mermaids again, I'm going
0: to be set. Yeah, I'm, I'm, There's a good chance they could be there.
2: I hope You know, so. if you do find those mermaids again, your wife might set you. Yeah.
0: You know what made me think that there may be mermaids there?
2: What?
0: Is go to the Our World Underwater page, look at the sponsors. Yeah. And one of the sponsors is a modeling agency. So my conspiracy theory is is that Scuba Radio shows up with the costumes and, you know, instead of flying people from where they're at, they just pick up models and say, here, fit into this. So I'm imagining that there will be mermaids.
1: Well, I will make an effort for you guys to find them if they're they and get a picture for you guys.
0: Yeah, we, 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 us, we right? need that. So yeah, we, you're, you're, you're on assignment.
1: I have an assignment. Thank you. Yeah.
0: You know, what we need to do is we need to get. We should have had some scuba-obsessed hats made. And you could have, say, hey, can you put these on for a second? <laughs> <laughs> Hijack is uh, is uh, Greg's promo.
1: Oh, where are the colors,
0: anyway? Yeah. Well, do we have anything else to plug? Uh, you know, the, the the normal stuff, the website, which is Uh, uh We're also on Facebook, Facebook forward slash scuba-obsessed. We're also on Access Scuba a little bit of activity going over there. I need to spend some more time on it. I've been, just been busy with work. But that's scuba.com forward slash scuba obsessed. And there's also a dive log going on. So, I mean, if you want to do some logging of that. And I think they're getting ready to launch a gear listing as well.
1: And we're always available to test anything out, like underwater recall systems. So if anybody has something like that they want us to test out, please let us know.
0: And then, Jim Lastic, you were mentioning that they... your Kickstarter project that you had bought into. Kickstarter.
1: Yeah,
2: the Kickstarter program is, uh, I haven't heard anything from them this week, but last week they had communicated that they're working on getting their pieces together and production started. So hopefully we'll see that soon. And uh, we made an addition to the Dive SWMUP uh, Dive Southwest Michigan Underwater Preserve. It's actually DiveSWMUP.com We've put a Page out there for Max wreck with some history, and we'll be getting some and a little bit of video and some still shots. Uh, we'll be continuing to add to that and be updating it as we expose more and more of the wreck this summer. So mm-hmm. if you'd like to become a part of that project and get some wreck time diving Lake Michigan, working with the underwater archaeology, uh, get in touch with us, and we'll let you know as plans continue to develop. <laughs> So I guess it must be getting close to that time.
0: I think it is. Okay, I just got to do... Okay, so you, you guys ready? You think you can oh, yeah. handle
1: it? We'll try.
0: Okay. Uh, we have three scuba divers and three free divers that are going to a conference and must travel by train to get there. At the station, the three free divers buy their three tickets and watches three scuba divers buy a single ticket. How are three people going to travel in one ticket, one of the free divers asks. Just watch and you'll see, answers the scuba diver. They all board the train, and the free divers take their seats and watch as the three scuba divers cram into the restroom and close the door behind them. The train departs, and shortly afterward, the conductor comes around collecting the tickets. He knocks on the restroom door and says, Ticket, please. The door opens. Just a crack, a single arm extends with a ticket in hand. The conductor takes it and moves on. The free free divers see all this and agree it's quite a clever idea. So after the conference, the free divers decide to copy the scuba divers on the return trip and save some money. And they manage to uh, take care of that by buying one single ticket for the return trip. But to their astonishment, the scuba divers didn't buy a ticket at all. How are you going to dive without a single ticket? Said one of the free divers. Just watch and you'll see, answered the scuba diver. As they board the train, the three free divers clam into the restroom compartment. The three scuba divers cram into. Another one nearby, the train departs shortly after one of the scuba divers leaves his restroom, walks over to the free diver stall, knocks on the door and says, Ticket, please.
2: <laughs> Those scuba divers are smart.
0: <laughs> well, we got We we have to you have to be smart enough to figure out how to turn on the tank and all that other stuff, you know. I just assume that. Scuba divers must be smarter. Free divers just some is just a, a scuba diver who hasn't bought gear yet. <laughs> well,
1: free diver, all he has to do is remember the holy stuff. We have to remember the breeze.
0: Yes. Yes. Yes, we do. So, until next week, go out there and get wet.
1: And stay safe.
2: And remember, the Chromodorus recticulitis. But the heart is making up tonight's show.
1: Be in self mutilation, though. Oh, Recording no.
2: has been completed.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we didn't
1: break them, we wrecked them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's got a spare, though. Oh, yeah, <laughs>
2: I wonder if we're common or shallow.
1: Oh, god.
2: I wonder if they're coming or going. <laughs> <laughs> Probably boss.
1: Don't play with it, Johnny, it'll fall off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I could grow a new one. <laughs> <sighs>